Welcome to Legacy Therapy, the podcast that will teach you, in bite-sized chunks, how to leave a stress-free legacy so loved ones can focus on people, not paperwork, when you become ill or pass away. Here is your host and financial advocate, Stacy golden Lisnock. Hello, and welcome to the 13th episode of Legacy Therapy, Planning Techniques for a Stress-Free Legacy. And welcome today, because I am really excited to bring on our special guest, Kathy Burns. And Kathy is joining me today. She's a board-certified professional organizer. She's an author and the founder of Organized and Energized. As a serial entrepreneur, Kathy has led a life full of freedom, including living full-time on the ocean as a licensed captain. Kathy is here to give us some organizing hacks that you could use to create your organized and energized life. We're going to have a great conversation with Kathy because so much around being prepared to leave a stress-free legacy has to do with your stuff. And people have so much stuff and, and people like to have their stuff and a storage locker for their stuff. So we're going to find out all kinds of great stories and Kathy's the one that's going to tell it to us. So welcome, Kathy. Oh, thank you, Stacey, for having me. This is going to be a really interesting conversation because I work with a lot of grandparents that don't want to leave their stuff behind. I work with a lot of grandkids that ended up getting the stuff left behind on them. You know, I called it uh, leaving on them, (laughs) on top of them. Uh, So yeah, we we can talk a lot about all the different directions and what stuff does to people uh, after they transition and even before they transition. Yeah, I can imagine. And that that whole thing with the uh, baby boomers getting so much older, there's 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day. So, and, and they've made it so much um, more attractive to move into these 55 plus communities. So I imagine a lot of people are downsizing and then having to like organize right before they downsize or how does that work exactly? Oh yeah, I'm working with someone right now on that actually. Uh, She has a beautiful home full of beautiful possessions. Um, She had signed up to be on, you know, to move into the the community. And then she held off because her husband was ill. And Mm. then he he since transitioned actually Thanksgiving morning. And she just called me and said, okay, now I'm ready to move into the retirement facility. Um, Let's go to town and let's try to downsize. So with her, it's kind of, good because we have time you know they coerced her which they like to do she had like a $15,000 bonus to move in now so she went Mm. for it but she doesn't have a big strict deadline so what we're going to do for her is we're going to move all the stuff she loves and cherishes into the new place make sure that it all fits and it's not too crowded leave the rest of the stuff at the house for staging and then when the house sells it all gets to go away so that's the easiest uh the easiest way to do it. But a lot of people can't do that. You know, a lot of people do not have the latitude of saying, okay, I'll have these two places and I'll do it as I want to do it, so on and so forth. So um, yeah, that that's an easy transition. <laughs> but a lot of people, you know, they just have to transition. You know, they have to sell the house, um, whatever, and then they have to move 
or maybe they just transition on their own, uh, you know, into the ethers and then all the stuff's left behind. So mm -hmm. there's so many different variations on the theme. Um, I love working with clients that have went through some type of a transition, um, either their spouse or in some cases, you know, their child, which is pretty tragic, but I consider that my precious work. That's, that's work that really comes from my heart to help them ease into whatever their next chapter of life is. It's, it's so important to, uh, I feel honored actually to help them do that. And, and what's cool about it for me is that every single situation is different and variable. And it's in, there's all different factors that come into play. Sometimes the kids are involved. Sometimes the kids are not, um, you know, so I can tell a lot of stories about all the different ways that these things happen. So it really kind of comes down to, sorry, my, my eyes watering. I have allergies today. Um, it really comes down to what you feel uh, your people would like to most hear about. Uh, and, and I'll tell you stories. Just go for it. Yeah, well, I think that I, my biggest question, and, and maybe you know and don't or don't know, what happens to the stuff when nobody is there to go through it? Like there's no family members, there's no, there's nobody really that's going to step up and go through it. What are, do you know what happens to the people's stuff? That's happening right now, actually. Uh, one of uh, one of my clients transitioned, and she left three cats, and she had nothing set up into place. She owned her home; it was a condo. So, uh, uh, friends of, of furry people came in and, and took took the fur babies away and got them placed in fosters. They're mm. not even really adopted yet; they're just fostering, kind of in a holding zone. Right. And and her place is still there locked up. It's in, uh, nothing can happen with her stuff and there's no directive. You probably know more about it legally than I do uh, doing, you know, what you do. I, I don't know what's going to happen with this stuff. Uh, no one can come in or go out or remove anything. I guess it's in, what would you call that? You know better than I do. It's, yeah, that's why I'm asking. So I don't know if it's a if it's a probate procedure or or what or who steps in if the state or the county or the city. I'm not sure, but I know probate. it's a it's a problem for the landlord if it's a if it's a rental because they've got they've got this house or, or not house but the dwelling sitting. It could be a house, um, you know, and they can't clean it out and they can't rent it out, so yeah, they're just she, sort of at a loss. She owned it. Mm -hmm. So, but there's, but it is in probate and I think the state's going to have to take over and figure out what's to be done, but it's been now, um, let's see, she transitioned in uh, March, right at the beginning of COVID oh, and, boy. and at least the cats are taken care of, Right. but there's no money for the cats. Fortunately, friends of friends of animals are coming in to help the foster people feed and take care of the cats, right. you know, with veterinary care. But as far as her stuff and her condo is just locked. And no family to be found? No family. Or actually, I guess there's a cousin, but the cousin doesn't have any involvement or care anything about it, which is surprising. But the cousin, I guess, did not really know her uh -huh. and uh, is far away. So it's just yeah. sitting there locked up. So yeah. that's one scenario that you don't want to have happen, right? At least she could have set up some type of a trust to take care of her fur babies, you know, sell the stuff um, and, and be able to provide for, you know, her four cats that she left behind. Right. Um, but fortunately, Friends of Animals is coming in to help on that. That's and, one scenario. Yeah. You know, and, uh, um, 
those animals are fortunate that they didn't get sent off to the pound because that seems to be the the norm that yes. that nobody does step up and there's not a lot of time to get people to step up it's like right now so yeah you know just just to kind of because you gave that scenario of somebody that absolutely has nobody that is going to help nor benefit even from what she had accumulated through her life if if she had any friends or uh, neighbors or you know sometimes you get very close to your neighbors and you want to sort of do something for their kids um or you know somebody but it's really kind of a shame when when it's like the government gets to step in and and take care of that take care of that stuff but for the people that are in that situation where they really don't have anybody that they can definitely say as a relative or that they would want to give their in stuff to of course there's charities charities would love to help um but that's the whole um really the one of the one of the reasons why i did this course that i'm that i'm doing here this um emergency info file is to have all of this stuff predetermined like who is going to come get the cats who is going to be able to come in and take care of the home and who's going to be able to clean it out and what are my wishes as far as burial and all that who knows what happened to her about on that sense, right? If somebody doesn't step up, I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, But but the whole idea behind being prepared, and if you really don't have anybody, there are these certified fiduciaries that most people don't know exist, but that's the whole reason they do exist. If you don't have anybody that you um, can trust or that you want to burden because maybe they have their own lives and they live too far away or they just can't add one more thing, um, then these fiduciaries work really well. Have you ever come across anything like that where you've been working with somebody that's not actually even related, but they're taking care of the property? I've had that scenario as well. And it's much easier because it's easier. There are directives, you know, there are things that can be done with the stuff and, um, you know, it can be parceled out to the right places. You know, I, I, as you're saying this, I just keep thinking about I, I, my mother. I lost my mother when I was 18 um, and she had uh, a long illness. So she knew that she was transitioning. And it, the biggest blessing that she did was she went around to all of the possessions that she wanted to pass on to people. Mm-hmm. And she actually put posty notes on the bottom of everything on who gets what. And it was such great, you know, it was just easy, easy planning for her. Um, You know, she knew that my father would still be here. So it wasn't like going to be a probate thing or anything, but she really took good care on determining what's going to go to who with the simple, the simple thing of putting post-it notes on the bottom. So I thought that was pretty precious. And that was a big blessing to us because we didn't have to wonder you know, who does she want to have this or who does she want to have that? And, um, you know, speaking of that, I can think of another client who I was speaking at a a national conference and she came up, you know, and I, my book is how to master your muck. And it's like, what's your muck? And she's like, my muck is all of my grandmother's stuff. I am the only girl in the family and it all came to me. Now, what am I going to do with a weaving loom, you know, what am I going to do with that? But grandma had it for 40 years. My mom had it for 20 years and now I have it. I don't want it, but now Mm. I can't get rid of it because I'm the girl and I'm the one that's supposed to keep track of all that stuff. That's my muck. And she goes in the loom is just the beginning of it all. (laughs) Yeah. What about all the other stuff that she left me? I have it. My brothers, you know, got off scot 
free, which is what happens all the time, by the way, all yeah. the time. It's the girls that end up with the stuff in the garage full of the heirlooms. And, you know, what I, what I always tell people is don't feel like you have to keep it because grandma kept it for 30 years and your mm -hmm. mom kept it for 20 years because it's the thought, it's not the thing. So, you know, I don't think that after your loved ones, you know, make their transition that they are going to want you to be burdened. And once, you know, if they knew that you really didn't care about it, I don't think that they would want you to have to keep it. And just because mom kept it for 20 years does not mean that it should be important to you. There's no guilt around letting it go. Yeah. It's almost like somebody needs to be told that because I, I often think, you know, I, I, I wish my mom was here to ask her, what should I do with this? Or what should I do with that? But it's the same thing. You don't, if nobody really sort of tells you that, um, you don't realize it on your own. And, and you could take photographs and you could keep memorialize the photographs, put them in a book and say, this is grandma's stuff. Yeah. And that would be a, a way to remember what it looked like. Yeah, you know, it's, um, uh, that's what I do is I give permission, people permission to let go, you mm -hmm. know, it's okay to let go. It's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. I allow, you know, you can do it. Um, as mm -hmm. a professional, you yeah. know, uh, they will seek my guidance and they will follow my guidance, which I'm, I'm pretty, that's why it's real much of an honor for me to help people get deal with that you know, deal with death. Um, I just got off the phone with a lady um, as a, a virtual consultation who her mock is her son who passed two years ago. He was 25 oh and she has all of his t-shirts and all of his trophies and all of his memorabilia. And she's trying to figure out how to really come to grips with that stuff. So we created a strategy, you know, two years. What I find people call me just about two years after a death. Mm -hmm. And that's when they're finally ready to try to take some type of action. You know, before that, it's probably a little bit early. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my goal with her is just put all your son's stuff in a big tub. Let's get the rest of your environment ready and working. Because her husband bought, built her a room, actually, for all of her crafty stuff. And it's a disaster because she just hasn't been able to handle anything, which is totally normal. You right. know, clutter's best friends are death disease, divorce, dependence. So mm. the, the four Ds, if you have more than one of those Ds, you're pretty much in trouble. Um, if you have one, you can maybe tackle it. If you have death and divorce, or maybe you have disease and death or whatever, it, you need a professional to come in to help you. And yeah. don't feel like you're a loser because you can't handle it because those are big, huge life events. Right. Um, they really, really are. So, um, you know, so we're putting all, 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 this just happened this morning. We're putting all of his stuff into a tub. She's going to create an environment that's a, a great environment for her to do her crafting and her sewing. And, and once she's all kind of set up, it'll be another six months or so. She'll be ready to jump in and we'll work on her son's possessions and what we're going to do with them. Is she going to make a quilt out of the t-shirts? Mm. Is she going to be able to let them go? Everybody's different. But for now, she doesn't need it all right there in her face when she's trying to get the rest of her life organized. It's just demoralizing and it's sad. Right. Yeah. So that's what we're doing with 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 her right now. So, as so we speak. So being like a hoarder, that's a whole nother conversation, I'm thinking here. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you're and, talking about just regular people that accumulate regular stuff and they need to downsize or they get somebody passes and then they just get all the stuff. What do yes. you do? 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm a board certified professional hoard, uh, professional organizer. <laughs> I, I don't work with hoarders. Okay. Uh, there is a whole nother certification for hoarders. Oh, um, I don't go there because hoarding is a disease. Absolutely. And it's something that takes a team. It takes psychologists. It takes meds. It takes yeah. uh, sometimes city codes people. It takes an organizer. Yeah. Um, I don't do that because they don't graduate. I work with clients who actually have the capacity to move forward and make Wonderful. progress in their life. And that's my joy. Yeah. Um, reminds me of another client I had. Um, she had lost her husband about three years before she called me. It was tragic. He used to uh, teach cycling and sailing, and he actually lost his life on a highway on his on his bicycle. Mm. When she called me, she still had his bicycle in the living room. Oh boy. And but it had been three years, and she was finally ready to move forward. And, you know, the first thing is we got that bike out of the living room, you know, that was a shrine to death and that was just not uh, helpful for her at all. Mm -hmm. After we went through the clearing process to try to, because obviously her house had fallen into disarray because it was her and his house, right? Mm -hmm. So, and he was, he was an avid everything. He had hobbies all over the place. So we started slowly getting rid of the hobbies that didn't have that much of a charge for her. And when we, when we finished the project, we were in the master closet and we were able to let go of all of his clothes, minus a few key things that she wanted to hold on to. And it ended up being a joyous experience for her because then she had this giant walk-in closet that she could take over. And she still had a couple of her husband's really, really important stuff that she had hanging right there so that she could get comfort from them. But then mm -hmm. she ended up with a whole walk-in closet. Mm -hmm. So it, we, ended it with a, we ended it with a hurrah, you know, even though it was a very hard process. Yeah. But, you know, she, after three years, we were able to start eliminating all the husband yeah. stuff. And, and she ended up with a girl cave, you know, in the garage was all his workshop and his bicycle building, all that. And we ended up giving her and her, her girlfriend who had moved in with her, which was really cool. Her cousin from Arizona moved over. Mm -hmm. So the girls were, so we gave her a girl cave so they could do all their arts and crafts and play their music and do their band stuff and all that. And then she also ended up with the master closet that was her own. So um, it was pretty cool. That was, yeah. a, that was a process, right? Because that was a tragedy. I mean, yeah. death is always a tragedy. Some yeah. less, some more. Uh, my, my father just transitioned two years ago. He was 96. Oh my God, um, good for you. And, <laughs> yeah, he lived a great life. And yeah. I actually got my organizing gene from my father. Mm -hmm. uh, he used to organize everything. He had a Dewey Decimal System for his books, for goodness sake. I mean, oh, he was boy. an organizing, organizing, organizing. He spent forever building systems. So mm -hmm. I, you know, what you dislike most is what you learn. So here I am as an organizer, right? Right. <laughs> but he spent the last 10 years of his life organizing his memories, getting rid of this stuff and categorizing categorizing it all into boxes and how you know how you organize your memories is a whole nother oh my gosh we can talk hours about that but he had decided that he was going to do it by life event okay. so you know he has his pre-marriage married to my mom all the wives after he after my mom transitioned a lot and then then so on and so forth you know this is his coast guard time this is his is uh you know his minister time this is his family time so that's how he decided to organize so when he 
was, you know, getting up in the years and uh, I, I would fly back and forth to Florida, you know, as he was getting older and uh, less stable. And he kept trying to give me stuff. And, and, and I have to fly home with it because I'm in California, he was in Florida. So uh, what, what he would do, he would give me stuff and I would take it, but then I would go to my sister's and I would shoot pictures of it. So it's all saved on digital. And then I wanted to let it go. And my sister's like, no, we can't let it go. So she has all the stuff. And I feel like I was the smart person because I just shot pictures. I also did a lot of audio video interviews with him. So I have his voice. I have his video. You know, I have him now encapsulated, right? right? In digital and it's saved so in the cloud. So I'll never lose him. Um, but, you know, I didn't need all the papers and stuff, but I definitely wanted the photos. And, you know, who cares if it's a digital reproduction and it's not as good quality as original photo? Because quite honestly, photos that were shot in the 30s and 40s aren't really good anyhow. So right. I don't really care. But right. now I have it all there. If my sister and my brother decide that they're going to let go of this stuff, I have it saved digitally for them. And actually, I, also, I already shared, I shared that with them. So now they can let go if they can bring themselves to do it. Yeah. But that was a way for me to have closure. So do you find a lot of people have like still eight millimeter reels and the, the VHS tapes and all of these things that they can't even actually use because they don't have players for them? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, Costco or uh, I think Sam's or whatever is in your area, they will convert things for you. But I'll tell you what, VCRs, they don't last. I actually waited. I have my wedding. I got married in 1993. And I decided in whatever, 2003, that I was going to put it to digital to save it. Yeah. I lost the whole front end. The whole front end was uh, already gone. Then really? it disintegrated. So, so it doesn't, they don't last. Right. Um, that's why we're all digital. Film doesn't last. So if you have something that you're holding on to that you think you might get converted, do it now and see if it's even worth it. Don't sit on it very much longer because it's not going to be anything. I was really lucky to save two thirds of my wedding, actually. Yeah. Wow. I, I have lots of those things in my closet too. And some of them have been in the garage at times. So they were hot and cold and hot and cold. And then some... So I, I hate to even look and see what I got left, yeah. but there's so many, you know, from when the kids were little. So I used to have one of those huge cameras <laughs> you have to put on your oh, shoulder yeah. to hold. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. yeah. You need to just convert them immediately or let them go. Yeah. You know, you might have better closure by seeing if you can convert them and knowing that you can't, then you can let go of them. Right. But waiting is not going to help you at all. Right. So I now, how, how do you tell people, how do you get people, I guess it's almost like you get yourself uh, ready for a marathon. How do you get people psyched up? Because it's not a one hour or one day or one weekend thing. Right. I mean, once you sort of get to it, it's a you got to pace yourself. Right. Otherwise, you just get burned out and just throw the rest of it. That's been my experience. So I get motivated and then I get a good start and then something else happens. And then you just sort of just put everything back and then it sits for another three or four years. What is yeah. there some sort of psyche thing you can do? Well, yeah, I mean, you need it. You need to set baby step goals. And it does help to work with a pro, not that I'm really promoting, but professional organizers will make it quick and yeah. easier and way less painful. 
yes, <laughs> for sure, right, right. because we keep we keep on it. So and it's an objective observer that can go in and, and talk sense to you as right. you're as you're getting burned out. Also, we keep the process going. So when I work with clients one on one, I'm actually presenting them boxes. And it's like, keep, donate, uh, toss, keep, okay. donate, toss, keep, donate. And I just keep presenting boxes and making decisions over and over and over. So you've okay. got to keep the momentum going and you need someone who's objective, who's not going to go down memory lane. You know, I always say that kids can't organize parents, parents can't organize kids, spouses can't organize each other. It does not work because there's too much backstory and there's too much stuff that goes on that, you know, there's all these conversations then you get stalled out and then nothing happens. It's like when people try to organize their garage, it's a very similar thing. They'll right. be all motivated in the morning. They'll start sorting, they'll take everything out. And before they're done, it's dark and they throw everything back in and it's worse than it was to begin with. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, it's doing it in, uh, if you're, if you're working on your own, you know, God help you, but go for it, but do it in baby steps and do it in sustainable ways. In other words, if you're going to tackle one part of this memory, you know, say you're going to tackle the one thing, tackle the one thing before you quit and make sure that it's binned and organized and labeled before you finish. Okay, so you have to say you're going to go through your VCR tapes. Maybe that's going to be your mission for the day is to go through the VCR tapes. You're going to go through them all. You know, if, if you have a VCR, look at them. If you don't, you're going to take them away and have someone look at them. So you're going to put them in your car, basically, right? And then you're going to drive away and do it. And your job's not done with VCRs until you've decided, are they getting put into digital? Or are they get you know, preferably put in the cloud if they're savable, salvageable? Or, and then until the person that has them, do not give them back to me. Mm. I tell people this all the time. Like when I, um, you know, if, even if I can sign clothes, I'm like, no, donate if they don't sell, right? right. Do not bring them back into your house. <laughs> right. Um, I have a lot of people use Scan Digital, which is a really good company uh, based here in California, and they ship off all their photos, and Scan Digital makes them digital, yeah. sends them uh, disk, and actually puts them in the cloud as well. So uh, one client I can think of, they had they had uh, family members all around the world. All they have to do is log on, and they'll find. The, the photos there. And I say, do not have them send you back the photos, have them destroy the photos once they're digitized. Otherwise, you're in the same boat, you've got all that you've got them all back again. Right. right. I did. So, I did that. I took them all out of the al album. So that was a job getting them all out of the albums. And I took pictures before I did it to see how they were in the album. And then when they got back, they used to, it's been 10 years, I don't know, eight, eight years, 10 years, whatever. It's been a long time. They're still in the original box that I got shipped them back. And then I still come across the pictures of the pictures every now and then. Like I couldn't probably find that unless I find it by accident where I have those pictures of the pictures. And I have all the empty albums that I feel like I wanted to get back in there. So it's like, get rid of them. Yeah, it's, it's just, just this thing. And it's like, eh. Get but rid of those albums, girl. You don't need those empty albums. Yeah. Don't you, you find don't though, them? Don't you find that people will fill up all the room that they have? Like every, it seems like no matter how much room, it's never enough. Right? And it's it's like you just fill it all up. Do you see empty spaces? Empty what what is what is supposed to be organized look like? 
Okay, organized is having a home for everything that you own with a yard around it, okay? So if you have a bookshelf, you don't want it to be completely slattered with books and stepped on top of each other. You want to have a free open areas for a picture frame or things like that. So you need a yard around it. The reason that you need a yard around it, and this is a pro trick, if you don't have a yard around it, your system will explode and implode upon itself as soon as you add one more thing. It won't work. So if you have a yard around whatever each particular category of things are, if you add something to it, you're okay. If you have wall-to-wall -wall furniture, wall-to-wall -wall books on your bookshelf, you know, if everything's jammed in there, you have no room to grow and you will grow and then you will explode and then your system is kaput. So yeah. that, you know, that's what you always have to do. I have a client right now. She got her kitchen organized. I'm working with her virtually. She did such a great job, but she showed me the inside of her cabinets. There's not a single room mm. for one more coffee cup. There's not room for one more uh, goblet. I know for a fact it's not going to be sustainable for her because she is a shopper. Right. So I'm like, girl, you're not done. Okay. You did step one. You have everything organized like with like it's all in your cabinets yay but you need to eliminate more so her job this week is to get rid of even more so that she has a yard around each of the groupings this is important not just because the system will blow up on her in a week or a month when she buys something new but she has to move things to get to other things that's not proper organizing. You shouldn't have to move anything to grab anything else. Everything should have space around it so that you can get that coffee mug that you want, so that you can get that goblet that you want, so that you can find that platter without having to move the crock pot that's in front of it because you had smushed it in there, right? Wow. So that, that's definitely uh, something that we as professional organizers are doing all the time. Yeah. You know, you think you're done if you can jam it all in there. You're not. In fact, in fact you've, you've set yourself up for failure. No, this is one, I want to ask you this one last question, then we're going to get to your um, offer. Um, but this is what happens to me. And is this supposed to happen? When I do get organized, I feel like, okay, I've spent the day organizing my office and I've got everything. I can't find anything because I knew where it was when it was underneath that stack over there in that corner with the something else on top of it. And I knew what was underneath it. And now I put it in a folder. It's properly labeled. I put it somewhere and I'm like, I can't find it. <laughs> it's a common well, yeah, that's common. It takes four to six weeks to change your wily ways. It takes four to six weeks for you to remember the system that you set up. So you're going to have to, so you know, it's normal. Okay. So don't feel bad, you okay. know, good job on getting organized and good job on getting rid of the piles, but it's going to take a month or, or a little bit longer for you to remember the system that you set up. Now, hopefully, you know, I use a filing system called freedom filer, which I think is the best system in the world and it's alphabetical and it's color coded. So we all remember alpha and we all remember colors. That's how we remember things. Okay. So by the fact that you're putting things in, if you are putting them alphabetical, that's going to be a step in the right direction for you uh, to, to retrieve things. But uh, you know, good job setting up the system and it will take you four to six weeks to not keep going to the pile in the corner where the thing used to be. Right. That's normal. You know, it takes, you have to retrain our brain <laughs> on where things are now yeah. and and people I always tell people when I when I put up the filing system together for them I'm always call me with your SOS because there's definitely going to be one time where you're going to be like ah 
yeah, what happened to my passport? And I'll be able to tell you right where it is because I use the same system for everybody, which is called yeah. Freedom Filer. It's a great oh, system. Nice. And we can put links, we can actually put links to that. If, if anybody out there is trying to get their papers organized, their regular papers, you know, I know you have something that's going to deal with their estate papers, but just your regular everyday papers, if you want a system for that, uh, you know, you can, you can go to the link, we'll pop it in the, down below the podcast so people can check that out. It's the best organizing system in the world for papers that I've ever found. And I have corporations on it. I have mom and pops on it. doesn't matter. It works for everybody because once again, it's alphabetical and it's color coded. And that's what it comes down to is how we're going to remember where yeah. things are. So how can people find you if they were interested to kind of follow you or uh, do you have a oh, website? Okay. And, mm -hmm. Well, I, on my, uh, my Facebook is organized and energized. My website is organizedandenergized.com. Uh, okay. But basically what I wanted to do was give a, was give a gift to your audience. Um, I have the book, How to Master Your Muck, and I'm giving it away for free right now. You just pay a little bit to get me to ship it out to you and I'll autograph it and send you a little card and uh, you can grab it. It's called How to Master Your Muck and there'll be a link. I'm sure you'll put a link below this. Yeah. Um, you can also find it on organizedandenergized.com. Um, you can find the offer to the free book with shipping. Um, so really everything about me is organized, energized, LinkedIn, uh, Kathy Burns, uh, K-A-T-H-I-B-U-R-N-S is my LinkedIn. My, uh, YouTube channel is organized and energized. So just remember that you want to get organized and you want to get energized and then you can find me. Yeah, well, that's great. Thank you so much. There's a lot of good tips I, and it, it's, I'm inspired to do it and I, and, and believe me, my husband wants me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> there's always one in the family that like wants you to do it, but they're not willing to do it. So, but then it's my stuff. I don't want somebody else to go through it. So, well, yeah, that's, that's the whole point right there. It's like yeah. my, my client who, you know, her husband just built her a whole room. <laughs> the yeah. one I just talked to this morning, she has a whole room just for her stuff. So he really wants her to parcel her stuff into a space and make it workable. Then yeah. he keeps bringing her cabinets too. <laughs> oh, good. That's a good husband. Like Very he's good. a keeper. Yeah. He's like, he yeah, he's a keeper. I said, my guy's a keeper too. You know, we, we are all blessed if we have keeper husbands. That's right. Sure. Yep. All right. Well, we will wrap it up. I want to always mention at the end of a podcast though, about going to gotittogethernow.com and taking a look at the online course, which is the emergency info file. Again, that's what I believe everybody should have so that if you should ever become ill, if you should pass away, if, if you should have an accident and be unable to care for yourself as far as um, getting your bills paid and taking care of business, um, then you want somebody that's going to step in not to have to go crazy looking for everything and actually not even knowing what they're looking for is half the problem got it together now.com and um that's it for this podcast this is uh signing off and my name is stacy golden lisnock your financial advocate take care thanks kathy you're welcome thank you thank you for listening to the legacy therapy podcast if we hit it out of the park today and you learned at least one new thing to take action on in your own quest to planning the best legacy possible, then be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and rate and review wherever you get your podcast. The show notes will provide the sites and information that were discussed today. 
you can get more great tips, resources, and inspiration by visiting our website, LegacyTherapyPodcast.com.